Welcome to Nerd Canon. I'm Beth. I'm Paul. This is a podcast where two librarians look at pop culture cornerstones from their childhood and decide if they're good enough to be shared with the next generation of nerds. Happy cozy season, Paul. Yeah, we're still in cozy season. At least once more. We still are. What are we talking about? Do you have a bad synopsis? I do. Um, Here we go. Foul-mouthed brawler dreams of the day he can obtain a gun and begin enacting vigilante justice. Holy shit. <laughs> I'm very proud oh, of that oh, one. Oh. <laughs> oh, yow! Coming in hot! Yeah, that's right. We're talking about the heartwarming Christmas classic. Yep. A Christmas story. Mm-hmm. It's so Christmassy, they didn't even have to think of a real name. <laughs> This was released November 18th, 1983, directed by Bob Clark, written by Gene Shepard, based on In God We Trust All Others Pay Cash, collection of essays, question mark. Yeah, yeah. Starring Melinda Dillon, Darren McGavin, Peter Billingsley. And the Rotten Tomatoes was an 88% and the audience score is a 90%. Yeah, okay. What was your experience as a kid? I think I, the first time I watched this movie, I am pretty sure I was shown it in school, in like oh. elementary school. We watched this they movie. They wheeled it in on the cart. Um, uh-huh. In fact, TV I think a bunch of us, I think they wheeled a TV into the gym. Sorry, into oh, the not into the, the gym. Sorry, wasn't it, wasn't the, it was the called the multi-purpose room. It was oh. the secondary gym with the weird, really uh, short, uncomfortable carpet. Oh, the multi-purpose room. The multi-purpose room, and we all sat in the multi-purpose room, and they wheeled a TV into the multi-purpose room where multiple classes of kids watched on a Christmas one story like thirty-two on inch screen on a tiny cart. little TV. Incredible. Pretty sure. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And then listen. I know my mom's not listening to this. And sorry, mom, if you ever hear this, I'm sure you don't care anymore. But for some reason, I don't understand why my mom later gifted me this DVD. Like, oh. I, it would, like there was some a special meaning to it. And I was like, oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a movie that's on all the time around this season and mm. very much referenced and all the rest of it. But also, I I don't remember having any special attachment to this movie, except that I remember being terrified of Santa. Oh, so... yes. Absolutely <laughs> fucking not. And I feel like there's a... The, the last thing I have to say about this movie is that I have a very strong memory of watching this as a kid. And I don't know if it was this in-school time or some other time. And seeing when they were at Santa and going down the slide... That at the bottom of the slide, it wasn't like cottony, puffy snow that they slid into. It was green slime. And I swear to God that this there, there's a version of this movie where they are pushed into green slime. And I have no idea what that memory is from. And Paul, did you like, eat mushrooms during Every that time or? I see this movie, I am expecting them to go down the slide into a big pile of green. And I know it's not happening. I'm like, that's stupid. It doesn't even make sense with the story. But like, I have this really strong memory of green you slime. Did you mix it up with like just my physical challenge? I from- don't know. Right? I don't know. It's just a weird... So yeah, what's your memory of this movie? Oh, wow, wow, wow. I don't fucking know, man. This was just <laughs> ubiquitous. <laughs> it was, That's yeah. what I know. It's just always on. 
And so I don't remember the first time I saw it. Again, this is one that I put on, I guess, when I'm like wrapping presents, mm-hmm. you know, or I do a lot of crafting at Christmas time. So it might be on in the background while I'm like crocheting or, you know, doing something like that. So I've seen it a million times. I don't remember like the first time or what impression it made, but it just is kind of one that's just always. If you would have asked me, I would have told you it was set in the 50s. Yeah. And then I went down a whole rabbit hole about why are so many movies in the 80s set in the 50s. And I did a research and then I realized it's like late 30s, early 40s. And so we'll save that research for the next movie we do from the 80s that's set in the 50s because I'm sure we will do one. But that's that. Paul, did you have ever have like a really big Christmas gift that you really wanted? Well, I don't remember a big thing like that as a little kid. I remember a lot of Christmases. I had my mom's side of the family is very big and we did a gift exchange. You drew a name out of a hat and then Mm -hmm. everybody even submitted a list. Like there was this big list of everything people wanted and you were supposed to pick something off their list to get them. And I remember always getting something that was not quite the right thing. Like I would put things on the list that I actually wanted. I would get some like version of that. That was like Uh the weird, slightly knockoff version. Yeah. I frequently, <laughs> I frequently asked for in high school breakfast cereal. Uh, yeah, that yes. was the thing I asked for. That was my big gift that I wanted for Christmas. But I don't know. Did you have? A Did big you gift have like that? ones that were like your really banner gifts that you remember getting, being really excited about? No. <laughs> no. I never had one that I was like coveting to the level that Ralphie is coveting. Yeah. But I do remember. And, you know, I'm a kid of divorce, so I always got lots of Christmases. So I I always made bank. Mm. Like, I was always happy. But I never got, like, the big thing that was on TV at the time that everybody else got. I always got, like, whatever was available. But I had wanted a television in my room. And I had asked once or twice. I don't even think I asked, is it, like, for a Christmas present, but just, like, to have it. And I was told no several times because I probably was too young. And I probably really was too young. Mm -hmm. But one year... I was maybe 13 or 14 and my father got me one and I totally wasn't expecting it because I had been told no like previous times in previous years. And I remember being really psyched because as a lifelong insomniac, I really wanted (laughs) a TV in my room to keep me company in the middle of the night when I wasn't sleeping. Mm -hmm. And I was very, very psyched about that when that gift happened. I also distinctly remember one Christmas getting the book Carrie by Stephen King, and I was probably 13. And when I was allowed to be done hosting and helping with the big, you know, family dinner, I was allowed to like be antisocial and start reading my book. And I read it in one sitting on Christmas night in my like Christmas jumper and my tights like curled up on the couch. And I remember that I always used to get pretty good books for Christmas. And that was exciting for me. So, yeah, I was just wondering because that's like, you know. Kind of the point of the movie. <laughs> Anywho, so true trivia's in a lie. You might already know one of these based on your grunting of assent when I said what it was based on. But anywho, okay. Okay. Peter Billingsley Peter Billingsley, who's Ralphie, was in an Ovaltine commercial before beginning before being in this film. Three of the semi-autobiographical short stories on which the film is based were originally published in Playboy. And the Red Rider model BB gun was manufactured in Plymouth, Michigan by Daisy in 1940, but it was never manufactured in the configuration mentioned in the film. 
I think two is true. Three, I think number one. I think you made up number one. God damn it, two in a row! God damn it! Yeah, no, I made that shit up. He was in a ton of commercials, though. Yeah. He was actually in a different chocolatey something commercial, but but just the Ovaltine thing, I thought, was... Mm -hmm. I yeah. think I've heard the thing about the the stories and uh, Playboy. Is it with Playboy? Yeah. And I f like one of the things I was going to say about this movie is that it definitely just feels like a bunch of short stories that they it's just vignettes, push together. Yeah. It's just yeah. vignettes. It's a bunch of random different different stuff that they put together. Yeah. So that makes total sense for sure. So here's more fun facts. It has been shown on a in a marathon annually on TNT since 1997 and on TBS since 2004. So it's titled 24 Hours of a Christmas Story. It's 12 consecutive airings of the film from Christmas Eve to Christmas Day. Yikes. I am sure that I have participated in viewing of that at some point <laughs> in those years. <laughs> um, it has been on in my presence. Yeah. So Shepard who wrote it, Gene Shepard, is the voice, is the, is the, oh, he's you know, a good voice. I, I didn't know that. And like, not, it's not always the case that a writer has a good, like audiobook narrator voice, like mm -hmm. a good voiceover voice. And he did fantastically. Uh, yeah. But anyway, he also is a cameo as the man who tells Ralphie and Randy that they have to get to the back of the line, the Santa line. Oh, okay. So that's him. Yeah. Jack Nicholson was considered for the role of the old man. And I don't think that the director knew that at the time. And then they were super stoked that they picked who they picked anyway, hmm. even when he found that out later, which I would agree. But some 8,000 actors auditioned for the role of Ralphie. Among those 8,000 actors were um, Sean Astin and Will Wheaton, who I mentioned wow. last time. I don't know cool. why I say his name like that, just because I'm a dick. But I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, Sean Astin would have been great. I mean, Peter Billingsley did a great job. But I feel like Sean Astin is a gift to this earth. So I feel like that would have been yeah. nice. But anywho. Shepard envisioned his stories as Dickens' Christmas carols retold by Scrooge. I don't feel like they're super Scroogey, but whatever. Mm, yeah. Clark softened it for the movie, and they did not particularly get along. Clark did not admire Shepard's attempts to try to guide the actors with how scenes should be played. And eventually he was <laughs> barred from the set. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. Which is similar to my fun fact from Scrooge, where there was some dissent among the ranks. But the parade scene, so they filmed it outside Higby's, but they filmed it at 3 a.m. because during the day you could see so much of the like landscape and it was like very 1960 like there was like a tower being built mm -hmm. and stuff so there were things under construction that were not time period accurate so they had to do it in the middle of the night mm -hmm. in august 2011 zach ward who plays scott farkas sued warner brothers he sued them twice over merchandising about having his figure you know, being made into like action figures and being put on like oh, lunchboxes and stuff geez. without his permission. Scott Farkas, everybody. Yeah. For the scene where Flick's tongue sticks to the flagpole, a hidden suction tube was used to safely create the illusion that his tongue had frozen to the metal. That's pretty ingenious. Yeah, it is. Because it definitely looks stuck. Yeah. Darren McGavin ad-libbed 
the profane rants while fighting the furnace and he was speaking gibberish and he, it was almost impossible for him to ad-lib the angry words without using actual profanity. Yeah. <laughs> but he really tried hard. And then conversely, according to Peter Billingsley, in the DVD commentary, he says that when he's doing, when he's beating up Scott Farkas, like his rambling was scripted word for word and he memorized it. Oh my <laughs> so gosh, really? Wow. They must have given him, they were like, what is this child going to say? And so he like memorized it. At the age of 12, somebody thought it was going to be a good idea to give him actual chewing tobacco. <laughs> in the scene where he's the sheriff and he got sick for an hour. <laughs> I don't know if he yeah. threw up off of any, um, you know, <laughs> fair rides, but he got sick. Why and would you do that? They man. thought it was a better idea then to give him reasons and make Brown spit. <laughs> With reasons, but that's a real cool moment of the 80s. The family eats meatloaf, red cabbage, and mashed potatoes for dinner every night. <laughs> Yeah, they except do. For, I noticed that. Except Absolutely. for Christmas. Yeah. yeah. And then Teddy Moore, who is the teacher, was eight months pregnant. But Miss Shields, you know, in the 40s would not have been allowed to be like an unmarried mother who was pregnant. So they padded the rest of her, which just makes her look kind of <laughs> awkward, which makes a lot of sense, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that's that. How was your rewatch? Is it just me or my copy, or is the opening of this? Are the bells and music slightly out of tune? <laughs> are they oh. weird? <laughs> like, totally, totally could this, be. Oh, okay. I, it's like, I remember watching this movie and not, like, I didn't realize this was supposed to be a flashback. Like, I remember watching this as a kid. Oh, sure. <clears> and <throat> thinking, this is just a movie set in some old timey time. Right. Like, not a that it was supposed to be sort of this guy's remembrance of his Christmases past right. or something, right? Or this particular Christmas, but I don't know. I I like then I could I was watching the start of this. And I was like, is it supposed to be wavy like a flashback? What's happening here? And then they start into the, it is a little wavy. No, uh, it, it is, is a little wavy. Started. Okay, <clears throat> yeah, I think so. Yeah, so I mean, I don't know if I should say wait till the end to say this, but I feel like the voiceover. Is what really makes it. So whether or not you're a kid and you don't realize that it's like, that's the thing. I think as an adult looking at it, like that's to me the thing. So yeah, this movie would be bizarre without the voice. It would be nothing. give a shit about it. I don't think. Right. So, but, but the actual voice, like, and that was the first thing I wrote and I didn't realize it was him when I wrote it, but I was like, this voice though, like he is... The humor and warmth and the fond remembrance with which he performs the voiceover, like, it's really spot on. Yeah, it is. So, yeah, he's on Cle- we start out on Cleveland Street, and it's almost Christmas, around which the entire kid year revolved. Like, <laughs> so the wording is really good, and then the delivery is really mm-hmm. good. Yeah. There's some really good turns of phrase in this movie. By, really by good the, ones. And I, by the voiceover. Or yeah, I wrote a couple. Of, I wrote yeah. a couple of them too. PSA: Fuck the Salvation Army. They're <laughs> anti-LGBT, <laughs> yes, okay. and they can go mm-hmm. right to hell. There are better places that you can Don't give your, your money charitable donations. Yes, but I do love an outdoor band. That doesn't really happen <laughs> quite as much nowadays. I feel. I feel like in old movies, they're always out there. But we see the Higby's window, mm-hmm. and they're just so fun and it's into like it. Packed. Yeah, they're packed into this. 
they're packed into this. And the little brother is just so cute. He's so cute. Randy. Randy. So an official Red Rider Carbine Action 200 shot range model air rifle. <laughs> he like says the whole thing a lot of times. A lot of times. And um, this movie's pretty hard for guns. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. So he's really trying hard to talk his folks into it. So we get to the next morning and he's really trying to game out how he's going to do mm-hmm. it. Did you ever? Do, I, I was love- curious about Did you ever do stuff like this? He hides the ad and like props it up. Like, oh, oh my 100%. mom's just going to. You did stuff like that to sort of. The amount of weird, like, I don't want to go so far as to say emotional manipulation, but to say like <laughs> the amount of thought that I put into the way I would ask for certain things that I wanted was. Yeah. Th- that was a thing that I did. Oh. Also, I never wanted anything. I was like such a brown noser weirdo. It's not like I was trying to. I certainly wasn't asking for a gun. I'll tell you that. I wanted books yeah. and clothes. Yeah. Like, but yeah, he hides the ad in his mom's magazine. All right. This mom, I love her. The minute you see her, she tired. She wearing yeah. a tatty old bathrobe and her yell. Ooh, you're going to get it. Like the yeah. way that she yells at them. <laughs> All right. Lyra's entered the chat. The cat won't leave me alone. Um, the. I, I just, I feel her. I don't yell, try not to yell around the house so much. Like, get in here, boys, do the thing. Mm-hmm. I try not to do that, but like sometimes I'm sure I do. And anyway, <laughs> I can just tell she's really tired and I see her. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> what the hell is this kitchen that we're in? This a weird, oh. I mean, is this like a typical 1940 whatever kitchen? That's just bizarre. And there's, there's no, I don't know, nothing. There's it's no what? Like, there's no it's just a very utilitarian space. It is. And I think maybe that was like more of the yeah. thing. Well, because if you think about when we get into the 50s and we start to have more home appliances, I think yeah. that's when we probably started to have more of those like streamlined kitchen that we would identify with more today. Yeah. You're right. It's very utilitarian. The The Lone Ranger's nephew's horse, everybody knows that. <laughs> <laughs> Randy's laugh is so good. Like his yeah. little like <laughs> it's real cute. I just think I just think he's a super I don't know. cute little kid. Randy with the oatmeal always grossed me the hell out. I do not like when he's eating when they're like she's like, eating there like are starving piggy. people in China. Oh, not right. the piggy it's eating. Like, not the piggy eating. When they're eating breakfast the here, the be- and he's then yeah. they're like eat the oatmeal and he's like slopping around. I don't know why that grosses me out so much. It does look heinous. <laughs> Yeah, how many times were you told that you needed to eat something because there were starving people in China? I don't remember it being China. I don't. Remember, I, just, I feel like maybe it was Africa by the time yeah, it was the eighties. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, but I was often told I needed to eat my food because there were starving people that wanted to have it, and I'd be like, "What are you going to put it in a fucking bag and send it in the mail?" Like, <laughs> yeah, right? That was never a I good. Your bluff, Grandma. Like, right? Yeah. Stupid. And then we get the fantasy of the bandits. He's got a spangly cowboy outfit on. This this is some spangly like we're let's talk about Ralphie's He's the Liberace here. of Cowboys. He's the Liberace of Cowboys. A hundred percent. Like maybe we're delving a little too deeply into Ralphie's psyche here with this okay, spangled great. bangled Here's the thing. <laughs> I really feel like in all of these fantasies that he has, the thing that sells it so much for me is the way the mom and the dad act in them. <laughs> yeah. They're like Ooh, no. And then later yep. with the soap poison, like the way the mom and the dad over yeah. like overplay it in yeah. these like fantasy moments is very, very good for me. 
because you've got old blue. <laughs> oh no, it's old blue. Cheese it, boys. Like, whatever. So that's all ridiculous. That whole little fantasy vignette is ridiculous. And then the furnace starts happening, and then the fake curses. Here's one of the lines, the turns of phrases that is one of my favorites. In the heat of battle, my father wove a tapestry of obscenity yes. that, as far yes. as I know, is still <laughs> still laying over. Uh, 100%. Head. Yep. <laughs> so I love that. And that really, like I said, that stuff is what makes all of this. Yeah. So I, this is where I wrote, what we like about this movie is the storytelling of the narrator. Without it, this movie would be a mess. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> They were, he compares Randy's snow getup to extended deep sea diving. <laughs> yeah. Man, Dude, okay. getting Wait, kids in winter clothes is the worst. What? Do your kids now wear snow gear to school? Well, they don't walk to school. So okay. I'm they not don't have walking to... to school. Do your kids take snow gear to school? Yes. They play outside they do. at school. Yes. They do. Mine does not. Well, you he... got to change schools. You're going to have to move. And so when I was a kid, <laughs> when I was a kid, if like if it was winter, you took snow pants and boots yeah, and mittens absolutely. and hat and coat and yeah. everything. You took it to school because if it was recess, you were going outside. There so wasn't a I situation actually, where it was like, let's call off recess and have it inside. Unless there's like a tornado, you're going outside. And we built really dangerous things in snow piles. Like I, we built tunnels through yeah. that I was like, why are you letting us do like now? I'm like, that could have crushed some kid. But we were out right. playing in the snow and they don't so do that I at actually all. didn't I didn't have the experience of playing in the snow when I was in school I don't remember that that happened very often maybe once or twice yeah but now my kid goes to school in her boots coat hat gloves and there is an extra pair of snow gear at school like wow, we okay. set we set like snow pants she's in my kids in first grade her teacher said, you're going to want to just leave a pair here because if we can go out, we're going to go out. That's good. That's good. Yeah. No, that would be my preference. Put the children outside. Let them play. I mean, they have Although supervision of- is nice because in this movie, it's just like go outside by yourself for a reason. Oh, my God. Yes. No, I'm certain. <laughs> and this is why I can never be an elementary school teacher because that right. would give me so much anxiety. Watching right. my own two children that I made on the playground gives me anxiety. I can't imagine <laughs> watching all those other little daredevils. Like, mm-hmm. absolutely not. <laughs> But these kids have to walk to school. So he is wearing, like, and this is like the classic thing, right? Randy's, (laughs) Randy's got, he's a starfish. He can't put his, I can't put my arms down. (laughs) And she tries and they pop back up and he's like, well, just put them down when you get to school. (laughs) That, and like, okay, but, but like as a parent, again, this is where I like see the mom getting your kid fucking ramped up to go play in the snow and like mm-hmm. I, I have flop sweat just thinking about it like it is so much effort when your kid is little and they don't know how to use their foot to like get their self in yeah, their boot yeah. and then immediately they have to pee once they're all <laughs> like, in it it's a nightmare this is the first winter where I feel like we're able to like kind of do some of it ourselves and that's mm. been a huge that's a huge upgrade in my life yeah but anyway, they they just let that kid, he's just walking behind him and he just mumbles, no, oh, guys, then he falls down and he can't get up. He can't get up. I can't get up. I can't get up. Hey, hey kid. He says, hey, kid. <laughs> hey, kid. Hey, kid. So this is where we start in on the tongue discourse about whether or not 
it's gonna stick to the pole. Flick and Schwartz. Oh well, we missed friends. the hilarious teeth prank. They all have. Oh hilarious no, I'm getting there. Yeah. T- okay, then we okay. get to class and we do the hilarious teeth prank. And that's what they're for. And then she ew. She puts her I, hand I out. Know. And they, oh my uh, god. Bleh. Why is she keeping those? The, why? Yes. Well, I think it, there's a really long shot of this like confiscated contraband yes. drawer. Yeah. I guess we're supposed to view everything that is in this drawer. I don't like know. for but, absolutely no reason. They do this super funny t- because that was obviously something in his memory that was like a right. vignette that was like meaningful to him. Yeah. Um, so then we get the the recess, the very you know the faded recess of. I just want to point d- out. They're reading Silas Marner. Yes, they sure <laughs> in, are. In whatever grade Ralphie's in. But He's anyway, we nine, can move on to the so... yeah. Okay, great. <laughs> just we can move on to the recess. Just want to point that out. She's like, get out your Silas Marner. Okay. Uh, cool. I noticed that as well. That's perfect. So we get a double dog. <laughs> we get a double dare. We yep. get a double dog dare. There is a slight breach in etiquette by jumping directly to the <laughs> triple dog triple dare. Dog dare. <laughs> Listen, I follow the playground rules like everybody, but this makes no sense, right? Like d- double what? dog makes no sense. Triple dog, like this whole escalate oh, dog dare the thing. Escal- but it is a real thing. It's a real thing. Was it a real thing before this movie, though? Yes. Okay. I don't know. I said that with a lot of <laughs> I read somewhere where it came from, but I don't remember now. Like it was a thing. I don't know if it still is a thing. And you follow the rules. Yeah. But it also makes absolutely no sense. There's no rules here. It's just... You say the thing, and somebody else says the other thing, and now I triple we're locked down. into. A, <laughs> I mean, we're just locked yeah. into a escalating thing that no one wins. I mean, the one person who well, right? Like, I there's really no, there's really you just no say higher dog dare. dare first. I don't know. Yeah, there's really it, no higher stakes than triple dog dare. It doesn't make sense. I mean, I follow the playground right. rules, but it still doesn't make sense. Well, and I feel like the other <laughs> playground rule that trumps everything else is you could always just add infinity on to oh, right. the end of everything <laughs> times right. infinity. Times infinity. <laughs> times infinity. Yep. That Which, was definitely what the a fuck? thing. Yep. So that's the thing. Flick is, is stuck. And he goes, stuck? Stuck? <laughs> like his increasing panic. He really does. He does a great job here. <laughs> He's like, like, don't leave me. And Ralphie's like, but the bell rang. Like, the bell rang. I <laughs> obviously. Like, Hi, Sorry, I gotta put the bell. Um, what a little weenie. Uh, that's yep. exactly what I would have done. Not proud of it. That's not what I would do now, but that's exactly what nine-year-old yeah. me would have done. But the bell <laughs> rang. I got to get in trouble. Bye. Has yeah. anyone seen Flick? And she did. What's this kid's real name? We just call him Flick. Yeah. Call he goes, here. Flick, wait, Flick, wait. Who? Nerd canon PSA. Call kids what they want to be called. That's I firmly oh, stand yeah. by this teacher calling this kid. If, he, if that's what he wants to be called. If this is like the the kids have all declared him Flick and this is like his right, who knows? pick a nickname. Who knows? But ask the kids what they want to be called and call them that. That's Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. Anyway. Respect, respect names, pronouns, nicknames, all of that. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows what this. Knows? And maybe that was like a common nickname. Maybe his name's, you know. <laughs> Flickerton the third. Who the fuck? Flickerton the third. You're welcome. Uh, they call the fire department and the cops. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he comes back in with a bandaged tongue. What the fuck? Uh huh. So and she <laughs> he goes. She's got this whole little monologue to make them feel uh-huh. bad. But those who've done it know their blame. Now don't you feel? terrible (laughs) he's like not at all not at all (laughs) i am the kid who absolutely would and i would cry 
a hundred percent and like blow up my own spot. Are you the kid? Hold up. Are you the kid who would feel it and cry even if you were not the kid who did it? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. I am an empath and it's exhausting. <laughs> no. And Ralphie's over there like, yeah, I feel great about this actually. No, it's always better not to get caught. Uh, yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> that I don't know that I still would, but that would absolutely be have been me then. <laughs> We are going to write a theme. And they're all like, meh. <laughs> He's super excited for I actually feel like it. her classroom management is pretty good. <laughs> like, yeah. they have a good rapport. They yeah. get away with their giggles and their whatever, but they also are, like, a little scared of her and they listen. <laughs> yeah. Good job, teacher. This is where we get a, a transition with this weird telescope fade thing, which is like, this is the end of one of the short stories. And now we're going to start a new short story. Yeah, but we have a Scott, we have a Scott Farkas. Yeah, it goes to the bully alley. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The bully alley! <laughs> <laughs> Flick going over bold. He's still got the bandage on. The music's pretty good here. This like, kid was hired just for his laugh, right? Scott oh Farkas. Oh my God, this kid. <laughs> So I don't want to like, it's not like nice to like, he not, it's, it's a whole look. It's a whole it look. look. Yep. And he looks like an 80s, an 80s kid bully, which is what he is. But right. we've given him a coonskin cap and therefore he is a 40s bully. Um, and I love the Tony Grover Dill. His name is. What? <laughs> What's his name? Grover? Grover Dill. Okay, cool. The Tony. He's uh-huh. got a. A newsy cap or whatever the hell that thing is. <laughs> Randy's a slug. It was his only defense. <laughs> and the kids they just they li- the bullying right at this point is literally just roaring at them. They just jump yep. out and hold their arms out and go rawr. <laughs> <laughs> what the yep. fuck? So and then they like are laughing. The kids run away, and the Tony Grover and Scott Vargas are laughing. And then they like he like shoves him, and then they have a little punch off. And he's like, mm-hmm. "Ow!" Yeah. It's just stupid. So then we write our we write our theme. Never have the words flowed so smoothly and effortlessly, Paul. <laughs> I love him reading thing, his own writing and being and like, a thing "Wow, which that's tells, great." <laughs> a thing which tells time. A clock. Right. Okay, great. And then we get the Bumpus Hounds intro. They have Mm -hmm. 785 dogs over at the Hillbilly Neighbor's house. We never get to see them. And the dad comes in decent. He won a major prize. Yeah. I might have won a bowling alley. (laughs) Over the deed. (laughs) He does a little dance tonight, tonight, hot damn tonight. (laughs) He does a little thing. Absolutely ridiculous. He gives the Bumpus dogs a little leg to chew on. He's like, ah, yeah, here you go. <laughs> and then he closes the dog ear in the door. That happens more than it needs to happen. So then we're, we cut to dinner, and this is the piggy the piggy yeah. thing. But my favorite is little Randy goes, Maw, gee. Like, you know, he's got like three lines, and most of them are going, meh. I'm not sure why I wrote it down, but I wrote down somebody, one of the parents says, I'll give you something to cry about. Did that ever get used in your, like, I'll give you something to cry about? I mean, yes. I've yeah. heard, I heard that, but I don't know if anybody really said it like at me. Although, right. I, oh, I am a huge crier. I feel like it, I've heard it said, though, in life. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's this, not cute. This is where it says my mother had not had a hot yep. meal for herself in 15 years. And I was I like, I need you oh, to know man. that I say that to my own self in my head every night at dinner because I have not <laughs> yes. had a hot meal in yes. my own self for six years. I'm with you on that. Yeah. Every time you sit down, somebody needs something. And no matter how much I try to anticipate uh-huh. what we might all need. I have not once sat through a meal uninterrupted in my whole life <laughs> since I had these kids. I feel like they interrupt me from other people's houses. I don't even know. So, <laughs> so and he says, meatloaf, meatloaf, double beatloaf. <laughs> He's a little rhyme about how he hates it. You imagine the making pit- meatloaf every single night for dinner? No. Oh I can't God. imagine eating any of that every single night ever. The dad is just a newspaper at the table. Uh-huh. I feel like a lot of my memories of my dad as a kid is also just seeing the newspaper <laughs> <laughs> and it like rustling and some comments from behind it. But then, but then the box comes, Fragile, Italian, <laughs> <laughs> and he's just throwing the hay at them. He gets like, in the box, yeah. He gets in it. It's electric sex, Paul. <laughs> it is. It's electric it's a, sex. It's a big old sexy leg. It's indescribably again, beautiful. It looks like the Fourth of July. <laughs> This is where I love the mom because you can immediately, like, you see her whole thought process on her face while she's just like, oh, balls. Like, the soft, he, they say the soft glow of electric, of sex, electric gleaming sex gleaming in the window. <laughs> <laughs> the leg lamp. Fucking Ralphie, like, he, like, feels it up. <laughs> huh? That's a leg. Oh, know. my God. It's just a fucking leg. That's absurd. <laughs> And then we get, oh, isn't your radio program going to come on? Which uh, a kid today would be like, what? Yeah. So I feel like that would be a whole pause to have to explain. Were you going to? No. Now all of us kids are <laughs> yep. making podcast radio programs. Yep. Where can I watch your podcast? <laughs> so that's the next morning. And we do the fast run to school because we got to run past Scott Farkas every day now. And then they hand it, and he has the fantasy about how much she's going to love his theme. He's grading. Oh, my God. A semicolon, you dolt. I love that yeah. line. I don't know why. She's like, <laughs> looking so at the good. other one. <laughs> yeah. She's got this hat on, uh-huh. and, like, it's so good. And then, oh, and a thing which tells time poetry. <laughs> she's so excited. And then she starts to do the A pluses and she does the pluses and she goes around the whole, she's writing uh-huh. it just on the wall and at like, some geez. point. He's, yeah, the he's doing hands, the hands thing hands and everybody's cheering him. Yep. Yeah. Cause that's what happens. It's really I've a home. cause in home. real life to like link my hands and do that wave. And on do the side over the shoulder thing. Like, I'm not sure anybody. Does that happen in real life? Bizarre, I don't sir. know. I don't know. I don't know. Paul's really, he's really selling it, though. I want you to know. And then, you know, again, complete non sequitur. We cut to getting Christmas trees. Right. Paul, do you have a real or a fake tree? Real. And I hate it. (laughs) And I hate getting a Christmas tree. I like the experience. I like going with it. I have good memories as a kid of going and cutting down a tree with my parents. Me too. And and then later on we did we just went to the tree lot like everybody and um, as I, as my sister and I got older we just went to the tree lot and I think I sold Christmas trees for a while as like a oh really um, did you dress up like a Christmas fundraiser. tree no I did not 
oh, Corey Feldman that shit. But okay, well, bummer. Yeah, but they're I don't know. I it's man, they're expensive. They're expensive shit now. Like the real trees, they go to a lot. Oh well, my artificial one was real affordable, and that shit yeah. just works every year. We used to have one. Listen, here's my Christmas story. We used to have one, and we used to have, a, I mean, an artificial tree for, I don't know, a number of years, and we put it up every year. It was great, and we had a dog, and this was a male dog who decided that the tree was a tree to pee on, and so oh, Harold the dog peed on our oh, artificial tree Harold. and the tree skirt and all the stuff, and that tree was not savable. <laughs> After Harold no, peed on it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then we switched to so then we switched to a real one, and we've had a real one uh, ever since. Yeah, oh, I love my artificial one. I also have a mini, like a three footer that's pink, and it's real cute. So yeah, I have two. Yeah. I have two trees. So anyway, they go get trees. They haggle about the he trees. Loved, wait a minute, he loves bargaining as much he as an Arab trader. Yes. Ooh. Mm. Mm. Okay. And then his bargaining is he throws in the rope and to have the guy tied to its car. Like that's the deal. He immediately nailed it. Yeah. Nailed it. Mm -hmm. And then there's scream singing jingle bells in the car, which I love. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I love that. And then the tire, the tire blows. So, so my dad could, my old man could change a tire in four minutes flat. So this is the slow motion. Oh, fudge. Were you, uh, (laughs) Led to believe that, like, as a kid, as a, especially as a boy child, I had to be taught to change a tire. Like, she's like, Ralphie, go help your dad. This is, like, the first moment. He's, like, yeah, yeah it's a, a big defining kid. moment I remember for being him. taught to change a tire. And, listen, I have never actually changed a tire in my life. Because <laughs> I call AAA, and AAA, like, will right. do it. And I and we yeah. pay for AAA to come and, like, I mean... I've jacked up my car and done stuff under the car. I've never changed a tire. So manly. Mm-hmm. No, I'm just a dumb girl with weak arms. No one ever taught me how to do that. <laughs> <laughs> so, no. Listen, he goes back in the car. This is the queen mother of dirty words. So first of all, all swearing is fine except for fuck, apparently, because they swear up and down in this movie. Yep, and yep, yep. he's the his dad is the I mean, obviously he t- says something about hearing it from his dad. But yes. when his dad leans over and says to his mom what he said she screams like someone died in the in like, horror <laughs> in well, so, this horror. Is where, so this is where i said is this real like because <laughs> i have had a trucker mouth since i was a child and no. i'm certain my parents would have scolded me but like is the soap real and i said that aloud and people affirmed to me that yes they had been recipients i know people have been recipients of the soap of soap <laughs> So, Mm-mm. I mean, I don't, I don't know, man. Because then, yeah, the whole phone call, he lies. This is the thing, the hypocrisy, because we know that father <laughs> is cursing his brains out every five yes. minutes. And then they're like, where yep. did you hear this word? Um, yeah. ma'am, sir, look yeah. yourself. Yeah. That's ludicrous. And then my father worked in curses like other artists works in oil or clay. Yeah. <laughs> it was his um, true medium. I, it was his true medium, which I feel yeah. like is is me. Mm. <laughs> and then so he really yeah he really gets whooped the whole and then schwartz really gets it for no reason yeah, schwartz yeah. is just minding in his own business yeah. and then we get another i like the mom puts it in her mouth 
I love how she tries the soap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so good. She's great. And then um, we get the fantasy. It was soap poisoning. I, listen, and- I don't like this one. This is not a good one. No. We, like it's- the being blind. Like he's he's fantasizing about being <laughs> stricken blind for pity. And his father calls it the lowly state. Of yes. being blind or whatever. I don't like this one. I don't know. I don't, I'm sure I didn't care as a kid, but. No, I get, I totally get what you're saying. I will say though, again, the way that the parents the act the parents, in yeah. the fantasy is really yeah. funny. And their harmonic wailing and the way the music swells when he says it is like really funny. Yeah. But you're right. That's not like, that's not that's a thing. Not I mean, and then we get the, where's, we get the little Annie, the little orphan Annie decoder pin. Mm-hmm. And he has to go into the bathroom to decode it yep. for whatever reason. And, of course, Randy has to go. And it's be sure to drink your Ovaltine. And he just goes, son of a, son of a bitch. bitch. <laughs> <laughs> this 100% rings true. The Dakota yes. ring being like an, another commercial. Oh, my that, God. That's totally. 100% totally. true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like I definitely fell prey to a similar ploy. Uh-huh. Of like sending in box tops or Uh something and getting something in the mail and then it was total bullshit. And I was like, what the hell? I sent in and saved up for a Swiss Army pocket knife and it was not a Swiss Army pocket knife. Oh, no. It was very sad. Mm -hmm. The fake curses when the father is trying to fix the thing. Some of them are platypus snot and mundane noodle. So there you go. (laughs) Like that. She accidentally, quote unquote, breaks the lamp. I was just watering the plant. Listen, this thing is clearly plastic. He says it's plastic. It's shattered like glass, like she knocked it over. Right. Uh, Yeah. You used up all the glue on purpose. (laughs) How do you just, like, go to bed that night? Like, he's so pissed at When he's trying to, she is laughing her ass off in the background when he's trying to put it together in the window. Yeah. And he, like, puts the top on and all collapses again. She is laughing her ass off. Right. And then we go to school and he gets a C plus. And she writes, you'll shoot your eye out. And then we see her as a witch and the mom as a jester (laughs) for no reason. Yep. And then we get to the Scott Farkas affair. The Scott Farkas. He beats the shit out of Scott Farkas. He beats the shit out of him. And like Randy goes and gets mom. So Randy runs off and gets his mom. Mom yeah. goes back, picks him up, and just leaves this beat up kid on the leaves ground. She's like, that kid not even concerned. Has a fractured face. <laughs> Blood Come everywhere. On, Ralphie, let's go home. Yeah, she just leaves that like... child. And my but my favorite is that Randy's under the sink. And uh-huh. he's crying, and she goes to get him, and he's so little, and he's so uh-huh. cute. And he goes, Dad, he's going to kill Ralphie. <laughs> she goes, no, he's not. Yeah. And she gives him a milk, and then and she just shuts the door. The That's a solid <laughs> parenting move. It's That's so a good. solid move. It's so good. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So then she mm-hmm. just totally glosses it over. She does him a solid. She mm-hmm. like totally changes the topic to sports ball. She is a master of this household. Yep. It is yep. incredible. And then we get to the creepy ass circus parade, which fuck you very much. There's a whole bunch of Wizard of Oz characters. And I think that was maybe supposed to be like establishing so, a time frame or something. It, so it's amorphously like between 1939 and early 1940s, this movie, because 
was the Little Orphan Annie Pence is 1940. Little uh, Wizard of Oz came out like 39. Uh, like, so it's all like right around that time. But then there are certain references to things that were like 42. So, uh, you know, so it's like yeah. kind of intentionally vague, but it's that time. But it had was still new and big deal. So I think that's yeah. why. So... That's terrifying. And then we get to the Nightmare Santa. Nightmare Justin, Santa and I have some to give this, violent ass elves. I have to give this credit, this joke. I have to give Justin credit for this joke. He called it the kid helm scream because every <laughs> this scream that happens when they go down the thing is the same every time. Yeah, it's not that, but it's the it's same one every it time. It's the same one, yeah. And Man. this fucking kid with the goggles. I like the Wizard of Oz. Yeah, Absolutely I didn't like, not. What was the deal with that kid? I don't know. He just <clears throat> just was weird. another weird kid. Just and then that, they're kid. like trying to bug him, like the wit, the witch of the West, and he's like, yeah. "Can you can you leave me alone? I'm trying to think." <laughs> <laughs> so. This is the other thing. This is Buck Wild. Is they just leave those kids? They leave kid. them. Randy's yes. like five, right? Yes. Like they're like, okay, go wait in this long ass line. We're gonna take off and get your. Bye. I guess they're getting Christmas presents, right? But like, yeah, you just leave your kids there. Oh, holy man. shit, man, mm-hmm. that's Buck Wild. This, yeah, this gross ass Santa, and then like the elves are mean. Literally, everyone sucks. It's so terrifying. I sat he, on he, Santa's he, lap one time. And it was terrifying in real life. And then I didn't ever want to do it again. No, thank you. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I don't really remember having to go as a kid. I'm sure I was made to do so, but... Um, Nobody pushed me down a slide. Nobody kicked me in the oh, face. Yeah. It wasn't like Santa well, kicked he, me in the face, well, he, but... So he freezes. He says, sure, football, yep. whatever. And then right. he stops. And he, like, climbs <laughs> like, back up the Terminator slide. is back up the slide. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So then we get to, they're setting up the tree. Man, I mm. loved tinsel. That I tree had forgot. Yeah, there's a lot. Tinsel. I looked at that too. It's covered in tinsel. And those yep. big light. And then the fuse goes out. That plug situation. And <laughs> they, they show it also when they show the lamp yeah. Um, yeah. being plugged in. That is the stuff of nightmares. Yeah, it is. And then it's Christmas morning and we get the unwrapping montage and everybody's really going for it. Mm-hmm. So he Randy looks like a deranged one. Easter bunny. He looks like a deranged Easter bunny. He goes, are you happy? Let him take it off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I love how excited everybody is to like open their presents. And the parents are like drinking breakfast wine. And breakfast wine. I wrote that too. Rope. Early morning Christmas wine. Yeah. I need you to know. I drink. We drink mimosas every year when we open presents. And nice. it is a great choice. So, and then you segue right into the coffee with Bailey's. It's a <laughs> smooth transition. It's a bunny nightmare. So the dad, like, this is where I said the dad is so sweet. Like, he pretends to be grumpy, but he really, mm-hmm. he has, like, a good sense of humor. They're playful and loving with each other, the parents. And, like, he, like, really is sweet. And then, you know, real feet, like, oh, Randy's asleep with the Zeppelin in the pile of presents. That's really cute. <laughs> and then... You know, he's kind of bummed because he didn't get his thing. And then his dad's like, oh, it's over there. And he gets the gun. And the dad is so excited, too. So then he absolutely shoots his fucking eye out. (laughs) He shoots the gun literally one time and shoots his eye out. Yep. 
Yep. And he gets away and with it because I crunches his glasses. And yeah. then he comes up with his icicle story. And then the bumpus dogs eat the turkey. Oh, man. And the mom just starts sobbing. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I understand <laughs> that moment. The dad and just curses go, the bumpuses. Right. Have yep. you bumpuses? He, like, can't even. Yep. <laughs> like. Yep. Ralphie just hands her a napkin. She's sobbing, and he hands her the one he was using to wipe his own eyes. And so then they go to the racist uh, restaurant for dinner. The racist restaurant dinner. Oh, man. This sad racist. This is like, I mean, not sad, but oh, it's bad. Yeah, it's, it's really a sour note. Although yeah. they're like church giggles about the duck. Like, it's smiling at me, and she like breaks down. Like, <laughs> it's. Yeah. I can. I just feel like you've been in those moments where things are so ridiculous that you're just like kind of laugh crying. Like, yeah, yeah. But then you know, so that happens. It's not cute, whatever. And then it's then it's like the end, and the dad and the mom are like watching the snow, and it's nighttime, and it's so pretty, and they're like by the light of the tree, and then you get to see him so happy after his best Christmas ever, sleeping with his gun. It is gone. Sleeping with his gun <laughs> in the bed. Yep, pointed directly at Randy. Perfect. Yep. And it just kind of ends. And then it just kind of ends. Yeah. Oh, and now the cats are fighting. (laughs) (laughs) So what's your verdict? So this is another one I was glad that I didn't just decide, hey, let's watch this one. Because there's like a lot in this. And I do feel like it's not aimed at. I think it's weird that this movie. I think this movie was aimed at not us as kids. It was aimed at our parents. Yes. Or like, even, I don't know. Well, and I, yeah. I feel like that's why I went down the rabbit hole. Yeah. This movie could be remade and it would be set in what? Like the eighties. I mean. Well, yeah. The nineties. I mean. I don't know. So this is what I, why I went down that rabbit hole of why were so many movies set in like the fifties during the eighties. And I, I, so this is, this is how I felt about it. I almost feel that it has created in me a sense of nostalgia for the 50s. And I know this is the 40s, but for that time period, that that is artificial in me because I did not exist. And I didn't experience it. But but all of those movies that were set in that time, I'm looking at you, Stand By Me. I'm looking at you, Uh Marty McFly. Like all those (laughs) movies set at that time that were portrayed through such rosy glasses in the 80s. So I read this whole thing. They were like sister decades in the sense of like America's prosperity for if you were a white person. But like, you know, there was this like kind of a similar sense politics wise and, and whatever was going on like politically and culturally that there was this nostalgia for it at that time. And those were the movies that we grew up on, but I don't think they were aimed at us. Like you said, necessarily, but there are something in them that speak to us and make us feel like this movie makes me feel very cozy and very nostalgic. Yes. I do not know if it would make a modern kid feel that way. Right. I agree with you. I think it's saving grace, like we said, is the narration, the Mm -hmm. clever wording and the like, some of those are like kind of universal ideas of, but I don't think those are universal ideas anymore because I don't think we were parented the same way. I don't think we had those same experiences. I don't know if it would ring as true to a kid now who's just seeing it for the first time. Right. I agree. 
I think this is in my canon by accident. I think that it falls backward into my canon. I, I think that at some point, this will be like a movie that we watch because it's a classic. I, but I don't think anytime Someone's soon. Someone's going to inflict it upon. Yes. Yeah, yeah. All of us, the way that it will wait. Like, it will be on and they will see it. I think much like the last, I think it's like Scrooge we talked about, that it's one that I enjoy bits of it yeah. because I have the nostalgia and I have that sense of it. But I don't, I don't see myself being like, we all have to watch a Christmas story. Right. Yeah, I agree wow. with you. It's definitely in my own, like, I... Listen, I could probably go through holiday season without watching it and not be really distraught, which right. I don't feel that way about like I have to watch Muppet Christmas Carol. Like yeah. but yeah, yeah. Yeah. you know what I mean? But and like when we watched Home Alone, like that was a slam dunk, like in terms of showing our kit like this, I feel yeah. like I don't know that it's gonna hit home for them in the same way, but I kind of want it to be part of my holiday and therefore it probably will be part of theirs by proxy. Yeah. Yeah. That, so that might that be Mm-hmm. Kind of what happens. I wouldn't be mad if I had like a leg lamp, like Christmas tree ornament. <laughs> right. <laughs> like I do feel like fondly about it, but I think, you know, yeah, like there are some parts that don't don't hold up great. And, and I don't know that it would make a lot of that storytelling style really isn't a thing that I think our kids would connect to. Like storytelling mm-hmm. and movie pacing is different. I'm yeah. glad we watched it. I mean, I was glad to watch it. I wasn't annoyed. And it's short. Like, it, right. it's, yeah. you know, it's fine. The other thing is, though, you're not going to accidentally, like, it's not going to be inflicted upon you on, like, TNT or TBS because nobody watches fucking TV anymore. <laughs> so <laughs> my children don't know what cable is like. Um, right. <laughs> so right. yeah. that that is something to consider, too. But so, okay, we, we fell backwards into it then is our, <laughs> is our answer for that. Mm-hmm. Well, so folks, we're going to wrap up the year. Our next episode is our wrap-up episode, right? Yeah, absolutely. This is and the so end that of means our third year. Yeah. So that means if you're interested in giving us your ideas about what your favorite thing we talked about this year was or ideas about what you'd like us to maybe add to the collect, you know, add to the list for next year, let us know. Um, you can find us on all the social media at NerdCanon. And yeah, thanks for listening. And I hope your cozy season is merry and bright and you are safe and sound. Thanks to Joe Costanza for writing our theme song. And yeah, we'll see you in two weeks with our wrap up. Right, Paul? Yep. And also, you know, Patreon subscriptions are a great gift. Yeah, definitely. So it's you could give the gift of more of us. I have a couple more episodes to add to that. And I'm also busily trying to edit our gaming session. So you get hours of listening to NerdCam Gaming. of us playing D&D, guys. My D&D character is a true delight to the world. It is. I just think yes. you need to know all of that. That was so, awesome. So anyway, until next time. Keep the nerd alive.